What is up, guys? This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. I am your host, Dalton Locke, and I am here with Whitney Williamson. Hey. And David Overstreet. He's not actually on mic tonight. He's going to be producing for us uh, because we have uh, maxed out our mics because we've got two extra guests on the show tonight. Our first guest is Johnson Ellis. Hey, guys. Uh, you guys all right for the might remember him from our spiritual warfare episode we also have nick cheater what's up guys nick is a uh he's in the worship band at new vision yeah i don't uh i don't usually lead like do the singing but i play a lot of guitar i've been able to play some drums as well too okay gotcha usually do the accompaniment the accompaniment okay gotcha i haven't actually seen you on drums i would love to see that one day (laughs) they just ask i'll be there (laughs) He does have a pad and sticks right behind you, so... Yeah, Yeah, I like to noodle around a lot. <laughs> I, yeah. I, yeah, super into that. Well, we've got a full house tonight, uh, and we're actually going to be talking about worship, so that's why, we, why we have Nick on the show. Um, guys, how's how's y'all's weeks been? Like, Johnson, how have you been since we last saw you on the show? Uh, I have been fairly well. I've uh, been working with my dad all summer uh, with handling case law on property issues yeah i actually go back tomorrow uh, a week from tomorrow is my first day uh, for my second year of law school so i'm going back to alabama come friday and uh so i thought i'd just you know show up and see you guys uh, at least one more time see if i can hang out uh, I'll, I'll probably i'll likely be back here on wednesday uh to see dave and, and uh, work some stuff out the uh, project we're working on Nice, nice. Yeah, that's so crazy to think that you are starting your second day of law or your second year of law, <laughs> law school. Yeah, it is. It is wild, and uh, this whole uh, year has been wild because we learned about a month ago, uh, maybe four weeks, that one of our professors has decided to retire, and it was so sudden that it shook up the schedule. Mm. Uh, so I had to. Uh, they dropped me from one class. And I had to uh, mess around with, okay, uh, what all do I need to do uh, to make sure I have the minimum number of hours to keep uh, to keep the scholarship going and be full-time? And then they also have required us to take COVID tests. Gotcha, gotcha. So. How is your spiritual warfare going? Are you, are you still holding – on your own i was uh i was uh yeah, had had some struggles here and there um yeah. some of the stuff that we talked about uh, last time but um i will say that one of the things that has helped me uh, with with warfare has been uh, talking scripture of my sister she was recently assigned this uh, uh they're doing something in old hickory church of christ now uh where it's kind of you write devotionals okay she was assigned 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verse 7. And so we sat down and uh, just went through, uh, and this is a great op- this is a great application. Uh, they, the uh, word that's used is coma mm-hmm. uh, in its context, uh, observations, meaning, and application. And so we sat down uh, on our front porch while it was pouring rain, and we broke down uh, 13 seven first Corinthians thirteen seven in that manner. And so it got her a lot of notes. We were actually working on it today before I came over, uh, helping her uh, get some ideas and to flush out on the paper and uh, giving her giving her some sentences to work from so nice. that she knows exactly what to write. Nice. 
Nick, how have you been? I've been good, man. I've been uh, I've been pretty busy with uh, work. I work at a golf course right now, and uh, been a lot of early mornings and uh, a lot of long days, but it's it's been good. Yeah, it's a pay yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I get ten dollars an hour, but I mean, I can pretty much get as many hours as I want to. There you go. Yeah, and a bunch of people just left, so I'm kind of being scheduled a lot more hours. Yeah. Okay. But, I gotcha. Yeah, it's been good. I think you've told me that if it like rains, then like you just don't work. Yeah, that can be dangerous sometimes because uh, you know there'll be there'll be kind of like an opportunity cost thing with you know you want it to rain so you can go home, but if it does, you know you don't get the hours, you don't get the pay. Right, right. But yeah, it's, it's kind, kind of, of a fun thing. I'm kind of hoping tomorrow it rains. It'll be all right if it doesn't. I'll it rained a little pay. bit today in Clarksville, so it might. Oh. Yeah, I saw that coming down. I'm a huge weather nerd, so I like I saw that storm system coming down. There you go. There you go. I was thinking. I was, I was thinking of you too. I was like, I wonder if he's gonna experience that storm, but I really want to experience that storm. <laughs> That's all right. I'll keep my heart in. Check. It really wasn't that bad. It was just you know light showering. Oh, it's disappointing. Whitney, how have you been? I have been fantastic. 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 Um. I was actually listening to another podcast um, about just your daily habits and things that you can do to develop small disciplines. Uh And so I've been really trying to implement that. Um, We're doing 21 days of prayer and fasting at church because we stream with Church of the Highlands. And so um, August 2nd through 22nd, if you guys want to hop in on that, you can stream at churchofthehighlands.com. But yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah. There's never been a time that I feel like we've needed to fast and pray more right. than right now. Yeah. Um, but also I'm I'm just really excited because I've been able to have more time with God um, in the mornings by getting up earlier. I've been able to get a lot more things done and I, I just feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I've definitely noticed that like you you tend to feel way better when you start your day off with God. Yeah. Rather than, you know, just kind of starting on your own and. Ending the day. hustle and bustle and stuff and then, you know, you give God a few minutes before you go to bed and then you go to bed and then it's like, mm. yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, uh, guys, we are going to be talking about worship tonight. Um, going to be dissecting it. You know, I don't know what I'm trying to say here at the moment, but we're going to figure it out. Unpacking. Uh, unpacking. Yeah. Unpacking worship. <laughs> yeah. Like that. Um, Whitney, you usually want to define words for us. I already got the definition brought up. Do Don't you? worry. I got you, boo. I'm actually, so after you give us your definition, I'm going to give you all my definition. Okay. So according to Google, praise God for Google. Okay. But according to Google, it's show reverence and adoration. Um, and then it says like for a deity or to honor with religious rites, something of that nature. But the other definition in here was the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration. Mm. And so I just, I really love that. Um, I feel like sometimes there's not that reverend fear and love and adoration for God. So reverence is a big word. Do we know what it means? I got you. I got you. Um, (laughs) Reverence is to show deep respect for someone or something. Um, the definition that I have, I included the Google's definition um, and added a few things from my student Bible dictionary. Ooh. Um, 
So the definition that I have is the feeling or expression of reverence or deep respect and adoration towards God, enjoying the presence of God. It's any action or attitude that expresses praise, love, and appreciation for God. Yeah. Um, so now that we kind of know what worship is, I'm going to ask our two guests what they believe worship is. You want to go first? No, Nick, you go ahead. Okay. You're the expert. Um, so. <laughs> well, I really believe that um, worship is something that needs to happen internally instead of externally. Um, I believe it's a way of using music and songs, something that God created um, for us to bring back to him in form of song. Um, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't always have to be like music related too. I mean, you can just be using that with words, but I think it's a way to give him praise for everything he's done. And in our culture today, we use that with music a lot. Um, but I, I, there, there was a lot of interesting points about worship that I've, uh, really come across. Um, I want to share a few of those Go that is like good, but, um, so this guy back in, in February, um, he came to New Vision as a uh, guest pastor, and uh, his name is Cedric Beckles. If that name doesn't ring a bell, uh, he's a pastor from the Caribbean that came up um, right after Hurricane Dorian hit and devastated a lot of the area that he was from. And um, his outlook on worship pertaining to that situation was absolutely astonishing um, and very eye-opening. He basically was saying that he was almost like praising God for, I mean, he was. He was praising God for the fact that Hurricane Dorian hit the area, not because of this devastation, obviously, um, but for the fact that so many lost people, spiritually lost people in the Caribbean were, from this natural disaster, got to come to know the Lord. Hmm. And uh, so... And, and I mean, I, this guy just keeps going with these amazing views on different things like that. Uh, the way where, you know, people like me would just view it as like, this is an, a catastrophic thing. Yeah. So many people died and lost their homes. And he's viewing it as like, well, no, this is something that God can bring good out of. Um, because he's using this natural disaster to bring people to know him. And ironically, in the midst of them losing all this, all these things... Um, leading them to a better life than what they had before. Um, but um, he he had some really interesting points. One of them was the fact that um, we can use the same energy that we exert for worry for worship. So if you kind of think of like your energy for those two things bottled up, you can you have a choice of what you can use that energy for, and. Uh, one thing about, I mean, I just, any big thing, catastrophic thing, if it happens to me, I'm like cool as a cucumber, you know. I will find a way to be logical and calm through it and all. And, um, and but in the, in the absolute small things, my worst is road rage, especially in Murfreesboro. If y'all, y'all listening, if you, if you drive out in Murfreesboro, you know what I'm talking about. But, um. Any big city, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Birmingham yeah. is horrible. <laughs> Alligators here, everywhere. Here specifically, I'm from Atlanta, and I, people here are worse. Anyways. Um, Point, yeah, I concede. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I always have a tendency to use that energy to, you know, whether I'm saying some curse words, some choice words to the people driving next to me or, or just getting, you know, generally angry about it. But I can literally use that same energy to praise God or to worship, you know. I have an aux cord and a phone, and I can easily, you know, start listening to, to worship music. And um, I, I, you're kind of, I feel like I'm given a choice every time I, like, am faced with that. And um, th- there's also an interesting thing about if you to choose worship, that's great. Um, I have tendency when I'm worshiping, say I'm in like a church setting, you know, there is a band playing or I'm in the band and we are worshiping like there's <laughs> no other way to do but to worship. And um, there are a lot of times like I'm a huge musician. I've been a musician like my entire life and absolute just nerd about it. And I like have a deep passion for music. And there are times where I let like I kind of idolize that instead of what worship is actually meant for, which is praising God like spiritually connecting with God through music. And um, there are a lot of times I feel like I'm just focusing on the music, like, oh, that's a great chord change, or that guy's tone on stage is really great, or like, I love playing this part right now if I'm playing guitar in the band. And um, and I, I, I don't believe that that's like the right thing to do, obviously, because you're idolizing something else. You're idolizing the actual music the actual material of it that God created rather than the creator himself. And um, so I think that's like really important to remember. And have you ever, have you ever gone to like a church service and ask the question like, or like talk to friends afterwards and you're like, I I wasn't really into the worship that night. I didn't, I didn't like the songs that much. I wanted, or I wanted them to play this song. I didn't really Mm -hmm. like that they played this song. I mean, I'm saying that because I do that all the time. Let me, I think I did that today. <laughs> I think Christians definitely have a tendency to do that. Like they get caught up in what feels good and the experience of it. I mean, which the experience of worship, it's not a bad thing, but we shouldn't just think that worship is based on the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, um, worship isn't just a feeling, you know, it's not, it's not supposed to, supposed to just give you that high. It's supposed. It's worship for God. Yeah, I, I think that the that first point I brought up is really encompasses that pretty well. That it's an internal thing rather mm-hmm. than an external thing, because yeah. everything from the from the actual music, the instruments that are being played, the voices that are being sung, the lighting that's going on in the atmosphere, that is all external. Mm-hmm. What is internal is your deep relationship with the Lord and the fact that you are praising Him. And you're singing to him, singing of the things that he's done for you. Yeah. And I know I can lose sight of that, like, so much. I mean, I have to physically, like, bring myself back. Mm-hmm. Physically think about what I what it is that I'm actually doing. Yeah. I'm worshiping the Lord. Yeah. And not, you know, I'm not at a rock concert. <laughs> right. A couple of the things you said, um, it's going to be related to a question that I'll ask here in a bit. Uh, but Johnson, what are, you, what, what are your thoughts? So uh, I, I would echo a, a lot with uh, what Nick says and also add this, that uh, worship is an active thing. It's not passive. Uh, it comes from something that you do. No one can 
uh, worship in idleness and stillness, for instance. And uh, and like Nick, a lot of uh, worship does come from song. You have hymnals, uh, uh, some of them very just straight out of the Bible, like a uh, love one another, God is love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, that's one I know by heart. Uh, it's out of straight out of First uh, John, and um, it's it's some it's something that forms you. Yeah, it's something that reforms your heart and reforms your soul, uh, as well as giving adoration to God. You have worship through creativity. People, um, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, uh, every piece that he wrote he would always write für, he would always write für Gott uh, for God in German uh, I uh, I've written at least two or three songs uh, that um, have biblical themes that uh, talk about relationship with God and one of them gives overtures to uh, 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 the Catholic faith I, I've uh, slowly come to love be- uh, because of the reverence for God uh, that I've seen in people like my friend Brendan. Mm. Um, but also, uh, I think that worship goes further. And uh, James K. A. Smith has this book called You Are What You Love. And the whole idea of that book is everyone loves something. What you love, where your heart goes, what it aims at is your God. And I would say that in having a god, all gods are worshipped. So even people who would be atheists, agnostics, they worship some type of god. Uh, if it's uh, their career, if they worship money, then they're going to uh, do acts of worship towards money. It doesn't mean that they pray to money. It doesn't mean that they sing about money. It just means that they do little acts uh, to further that. Uh, yeah, I'd say that's that idea is pretty biblical because the words god and idol interchanged a right. lot right and uh you know if you know some of my favorite passages and i uh with regarding to idols comes out of jeremiah i can't think of the verse but uh it talks about how uh people are uh, uh they they think that their mother is stone and they and they think that wood will do them any will do them good i can't i can't uh for the life of me think of the quote but uh it, it was a it was one a sign uh that god has a good sense of humor mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but also just of uh, the vanity of some things that people worship. And uh, uh, I would uh, say that, you know, even Christians sometimes fall in, into that and in that we don't worship God in what we're doing. We sometimes worship other things. You know, um, uh, this is an election year. And right now I think, uh, and I'm, uh, and this is myself included, I'm not saying anything that is passing judgment on, on other people uh, I have worshipped politics a little too much uh, these past few weeks. And because of that, I'm going to do a politics fast 40 days before the election because I just don't want to – I don't want to clutter my life up with politics. It takes uh, – it pushes God out of the picture. And so I start having more attention to what's going on in the political realm than what is going on in the spiritual realm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so getting back to – the idea of worship and song. Um, I, I want to pose this question. Is contemporary worship, like the stuff that we hear on the radio, does it have a place in corporate worship at church? 
Uh, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, I think that, you know, the culture changes every year. And um, I think the fact that music is, you know, changing um, and that we accommodate that with worship music in the church is important because it's a way to, um, you know, connect with people in the current times. Mm-hmm. You know, if that were to never happen in, in history, we'd be having like, you know, Gregorian chants on stage and people <laughs> wouldn't really know what to do. Um, but it's a way for people to really connect, especially the, you know, the young adults and the, and the teenagers, which arguably that's the group that is the most like important to give the word of God to, yeah. because that's the time where people make the most mistakes. And, you know, there's the whole like scientific thing about it, like the brain's not fully developed until, you know, at 25 or something like that. And, Uh-oh. and, um, and people just, you know, people like me, I, I, I made all my mistakes first year of college. <laughs> and um, I think it's important to connect with that group to try to get them on track, you know, during that time. So I think in a way, um, yeah, it does have a place there yeah. just for the sake of connecting with um, the way the culture is now. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, there are some Christians, though, that will say that some of the songs that have made it into corporate worship don't necessarily praise God. They praise more the self than they do mm-hmm. God. Um, one of the songs that I've heard mentioned in that argument is the song, Who You Say I Am. Um, most of the lyrics are focused on the self and kind of okay. adding God into the picture. Um, how would you say that fits into it? Yeah, I haven't I haven't really thought of that about that much. I know a lot. I, I um have heard a lot about different controversies regarding songs like I haven't uh, heard about that one in particular. That's a good point, and honestly, that's kind of the first first time I'm like hearing about that mm-hmm. specifically. Um, but yeah, that's that's a good point. I think it is important to um maintain the fact of praising God at putting all of the energy and lyrics and music onto him rather than what we are yeah because we never deserved any of the, this grace in the first place you know we're, we're supposed to sing of what he did um so i do think that's uh, i think that's a good point and I, re- I never really looked at it that way um but yeah i've definitely heard of controversies i mean i think like reckless love has controversy about it yeah i hate that that's my favorite song yeah i like <laughs> i mean favorite I've, song like a lot of people don't want to talk about oh, God's love is reckless, it's not reckless. And I'm like, it will literally go through any measure to reach you. It It will. It'll break down barriers and walls. It will go to the ends of the earth to find you. And I don't think that reckless is a bad adjective to use. I think that it just depends if people want to pick apart something, they can and they will. Mm -hmm. If they can demean it to fit what they want, they will. Now, there are some contemporary Christian songs, for sure, that are on the radio that do leak into churches that are very problem oriented. Mm-hmm. But even with who you say I am, think about what you're declaring. I'm chosen. I'm not forsaken. I am who you say I am. If Christians don't come to know who they are in Christ, then what are they really doing? They're not really Christians. So with that song to me, and it's just an opinion like everyone else's, I think it is important to declare who you are in God. And like there are some songs that are like, oh, my problem. And I just feel so low in the ground, like, okay, cool, good for you. But when you're declaring your identity in Christ, 
that's powerful. Because one of the biggest things that the enemy can come in with confusion is confusing you about who you are and who you are in him. <laughs> but anyway, that's my... Yeah, and I, I would... Um, uh, with regards to the controversies, I know that there's controversy over um, uh, like whether or not instruments should be used. And I know that there's some controversy as to what words are used. And I think that uh, that should be measured in part by the psalms because the psalms themselves are songs of worship and uh, think of uh, the most famous one that comes to mind is psalm 23 and just think of it the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me lie down in green pastures mm -hmm. he leadeth me beside still waters uh, there is an i element to it there is a there is a look at me while also looking at god and um I, I think that if uh, I haven't I haven't uh, heard the song to be honest that that you referenced so I can't really judge the lyrics, but I would say that if the I and me elements are in relation to God, uh, that's not a worship of the self. That is following a biblical example that's set out by David himself in the Psalms. Mm. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if uh, you know I wouldn't want to listen to say. Um, uh, mineral and church mineral is a christian rock band or a band that has some christian overtures to it uh their song uh what's the, their song and serenading it's uh the chorus when i was a boy i could uh see i saw things that no one else could see so why am i so blind at 22 uh that's not really looking at god it had it has some undertones some religious over undertones for sure uh, because the song is about struggling with your faith in your 20s. But it's not a song that needs to be played in church because it's not a song that's meant to worship God. Right, right. Um, so that I'm glad that you drew that distinction uh, because I believe that we are given a biblical distinction between worship and um, songs that lift us up and encourage us. Uh, so before we get to the next topic that Johnson just helped me bring up. I want to get to this. Um, so reckless love, you talked about that adjective. Um, there's another one. It's resurrecting. I think elevation worship does it. Um, that's a song that's really close to my heart because it helped me a lot when I first began my walk. And one of the lyrics in there is that God robbed the grave. And so it's another one of those adjectives that people kind of frown upon. Um, <laughs> And so, if you Nick, if you'll read that verse in John, start at twenty-three, and yeah, man. Um, so yeah, John chapter four twenty-three. Um, it says, "But the hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father is seeking such people to worship Him." And then verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. So I think it's really cool. Um, and then tag along with pretty much everything we've been talking about during this conversation so far. Worship is really pertaining to what it's meant to be. And there's a lot, I think the world can make a lot of like asterisks, whatever the plural of that is, I couldn't even think of it. Um, Next to those things, like, oh, well, this vocabulary isn't, like, that good to say. Like, I don't like the word reckless. I don't like the word robbed, the grave. But it 
in the Bible, it's really talking about the spirit and truth that you're using to worship him and just worship, worshiping in the context of the Lord, the one who created us. And I think society has um, a lot of tendencies to kind of, I mean, like what Whitney, what you were saying, just like break apart, breaking apart things like when they can. But, you know, when Corey Asbury wrote that song, he didn't have an intention to, you know, do that the whole controversy of what that what that is he didn't have the that uh thought of doing that well i want to put that word in because it's to make people think no he's talking about um he's using that word to talk about how god is giving us a love that we don't deserve but he, that he gives us anyway and it's it, you know he'll do it again you know mm-hmm. so yeah, and I would say that the song Resurrecting in no way implies that God is a thief. Um, it's more a powerful use of words to amplify the thought of him resurrecting uh, from the grave. I'm sorry. Um, and I'm sorry for anybody that might be listening that's sensitive for being this transparent. But if you're a Christian and you're that easily offended, you just need to grow a spine and you need to get in your prayer closet and you need to seek the Lord's face about it. Okay, because you complaining to everybody, that's not really worshiping God. That's worshiping your opinion. So why don't you take it to your prayer closet? Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling and complaining. And there's a verse in Galatians that says, be angry and do not sin. Well, there, I mean, there may definitely be people who are just straight up offended by it. Right. But I think there are also genuine Christians who... Like, they're just concerned about it fitting into that truth part. I think part of it is— So that's why I'm bringing it up. I think part of it might be that um, English is such a, uh ambiguous language sometimes. Like, Because uh, think, uh, think about uh, the Greek has four words for love. We only mm-hmm. have one. That's, that's the most common example. C.S. Lewis had to write a book on it, The Four Loves. Uh, so if I say that— I love Dalton. Well, does that mean that I love Dalton romantically? Do I love him <laughs> friendship-like? Do I love him like how do I love Dalton? You know, and uh, and so when people say God's love is reckless, and what uh, it's kind of well, in what manner do you mean that His love is reckless? And so I I think uh, part of uh, I think that part of it might stem from uh, what do you mean by this word, uh, and that's probably a question that people don't ask. They just mm-hmm. hear the word and go, I know what that word means. Do you have, you know, do, have you asked what the word means? Do you like, maybe there's a better word to use. And I get that. I'm a stickler for language. Uh, uh, but none, but nonetheless, that's an important question to ask before you start chopping at a song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as always, we, we all have different opinions and we know that other Christians will have other opinions point is not to say who is right and who is wrong the point is to say the point is to get people talking about it and to you know form opinions of their own and not to just follow what somebody says like do your research read your bible go to your prayer closet (laughs) (laughs) um so going back to what johnson helped me bring up um about the difference between worship songs and work and songs that build us up as christians um, we are definitely called to worship God, but we're also called to lift each other up. Um, in Colossians 3.16, Paul tells us to 
uh, lift each other up with spiritual songs, psalms, and hymns um, with thankfulness in our hearts. And so that is what my argument would be for the song, Who You Say I Am. Although it is focused on self, it's lifting us up, like Whitney was saying. Like you're declaring who you are in Christ, and hearing other Christians say that, that's going to encourage you to say, to do the same, I would say. I think based on that verse, what it would mean is that those who sing any worship song must uh, should be mindful of what's in the heart when they sing the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the uh, I know some people who are not religious who know hymns and will sing the hymns. But Amazing Grace. Ama- Amazing <laughs> Grace is a great example. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I mean, "Amazing Grace" is a beautiful. It's a beautiful hymn, uh, and uh, ag- ag- an agnostic or an atheist might sing that hymn, but in their hearts, they're not going to be praising God because uh, the agnostic says, "I don't know if God exists," and the atheist says, "says that God does not exist." Um, that would be different coming from a Christian who is actually overcome with joy about the grace that uh, that God has. Given yeah. has seen fit to give them when we're undeserving of it, right? Uh, um, and so, uh, it's the onus is on the Christian to, to test their own heart on why do I sing this song? Because if they sing, uh, because if they sing the song uh, for God, uh, then clearly it'd be a good based on the based on the verse. Mm-hmm. And but if they're just mouthing the words, well, then it's it's empty air. Yeah. Um. Is worship limited to Sundays? <laughs> oh. No? Every day is Sunday. It's if it is, one. that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I have uh, uh, I have heard, or I've at least read in a footnote, that it is a bad thing to have things like, uh, for instance, uh, taking communion is an act of worship. And I've heard that it's bad to take non-Sunday uh, communion. Uh, communion on, on any day other than Sunday is sinful. Uh, You've that, heard that? Yes, that is from Dave Miller's book, um, Modern Day Miracles. Uh, hmm. Dave Miller is a, I think he is the chairman or the executive. What uh, He has some high position in Apologetics Press. Uh, it's a publication very popular with the Churches of Christ. Don't ask why I bought the book. That's a long story. <laughs> but Actually, I, bought... I, think, I think I've had that book recommended to me before. Mm. I, I, I don't it. recommend it. Yeah. yeah. I I wrote him a letter on that topic. Uh, I bought the book because I thought, hey, maybe he answered my letter. Nope. Mm. Uh, not he, he neither answered the letter, and my letter is just, well, this thing, this is not good for your argument. It's the same argument I, I refuted. So, yeah. 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 Um. I've just heard, actually heard people say that since Jesus rose on the third day, which was Sunday, that that's the only day that you worship corporately. I've actually heard that. Yeah, but it's like if you get paid every Friday, are you only going to work on Friday? Doesn't make any sense. Say a lot of. It is something we should do like twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Okay, I mean publicly you think about, or privately. Yeah. yeah. You think about what we're going to do in heaven. Uh, when we get there, it's like we're going to be constantly worshiping yeah. mm-hmm. God. Like, yeah. That's just never going to stop. Why should we be limited to a certain day on earth? Um, 
Brendan goes. My friend is, Brendan goes to daily mass. Which is why I'm glad that you um, you compared and contrasted worship earlier. You said that worship is not just like bowing down and um, just like praise God, hallelujah. That's not what worship is. It's it's obedience. It's um, you know just showing your adoration for God, like through whatever it is you're doing. You don't have to just be singing. Or playing a guitar, or playing drums, or whatever. Um, worship is in is. If you're a hard worker, yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Like you're worshiping God because you're not working for the man; you're working for God. Mm-hmm. You know, you. Um, That's a mindset I try to encounter like every day at work. I mean, it can be pretty rigorous sometimes, but I try to, I try to not focus on the boss, like the human boss that I'm working for. I try to focus. On the Lord, like, yeah, because yeah, the last two chapters of Colossians are pretty much on that. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, go uh, ahead. I was gonna say, and thinking back to the corporate worship was only for Sundays. Well, prayer is is not just a form of talk of a communicating with God. It is also a form of worship. So does that mean that I should not pray uh, with my with a group of friends when they all need it on? Say Tuesday night after a Bible study? Absolutely not. That just <laughs> just people just form ideas in their minds and mm-hmm. then they just run with it. And I think that's it's another reason why we why de- denominations split and stuff like that. They just get so prideful on an idea. Um, but yeah, uh, another question that I wanted to ask um, is: Does corporate worship have to be uniform? What do you mean by uniform yeah. exactly? So, the Church of Christ, for example, mm-hmm. everyone that I've been to, the experience has been nobody can clap, nobody can raise their hands, and nobody can out-sing uh, the other person. No, 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 no. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I've heard that a lot about that church, and it just doesn't mm-hmm. – there's nothing in the Bible that is, like, talking about limitations you should have on earth about worshiping the Lord. It's it is when I say and it's an internal thing. It's an individual. It's uniform in the fact that we're all worshiping the same God. Mm-hmm. We're all doing the same thing, the act of worshiping our Lord. But everybody, you know, it's you know some people might like be more reserved about it because that's where they are on their spiritual journey, or that's like where they are like as a, as a personality. Yeah. And then another person might be like jumping up and down and like screaming and like either both of those are great because you're, you're doing the same thing. If you're worshiping the Lord and you're in the right place in your heart, you know, it doesn't it doesn't matter what you do. And then the whole like not out singing the other person. I mean, that's 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 only like there to benefit like the people, not to benefit God. I, I mean, it, everything goes back to him. Yeah, especially in worship, and I mean, frankly, the thought is—it's crazy the thought of like something like that exists in like a church setting. Yeah, no, which not all churches of Christ are the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. I found that that's the those are like the three general. Yeah, and I I think that's you know we grew up in the Church of Christ. I think that's because they take the uh, order uh, sections out of First Corinthians and think and equate it with uh, being uniform. Mm-hmm. You can be orderly and be ununiform, and I think a good example of that is actually out of Exodus. Uh, after uh, the 
Jews crossed the Red Sea. Uh, they started worshiping and praising God. And uh, I think it's right after the Song of Moses, uh, what happens is a prophetess took up a tambourine and started dancing around, and some others joined her. Not the whole congregation didn't join her, uh, but some people joined her as she took up the tambourine, danced around, and gave praise to God. Mm-hmm. Now, she worshiped God. The people who joined her worshiped God, but they worshiped God differently than the other Jews around them. And so that is an example of there, there was order, but it was not uniform in the worship. Yeah. So short yeah. answer, no. I don't think worship needs to be uniform. Yeah. Um, we're also told that David praised God by enthusiastically dancing in the street. Um, yeah. Read Psalm 150. He was very, <laughs> yeah. enthu- he was very enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nick, you kind of brought this up earlier. Um, how does worship on earth compare to worship in heaven? Well, yeah, I mean, Based that's of what, what we're told. Yeah, that, that's kind of the things of, of where um, you're focusing on the things that, you know, we're, are here on earth, like instruments and, and, and our voices and, and that type of thing. And I think um, I think that, like, when we get to heaven, it's, I mean, obviously, like, none of that's, there's not going to be, like, a guitar in it. Well, I mean, I don't know the answer for sure. There might be a guitar in heaven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so some of the Psalms, uh, the Davidic Psalms especially, um, it is part of the original manuscripts that we have where it says a psalm by David to be performed with a seven-stringed instrument or with a lyre or with another instrument. And so the way that those psalms were written, they were supposed to be an accompaniment with instruments. And so I don't think instruments are technically bad. Yeah, um, they're not because yeah. God's very clear and direct on what he does approve and what he doesn't approve in his word. He He's very transparent about that. Yeah. And there's people that are like, oh, well, that's Old Testament. Well, guess what? There's harps in Revelation. Okay, so either way, Old or New Testament, whichever way you want to take it, there are musical instruments. Now, it's one thing to say if that's your preference, like, oh, well, I just don't prefer to worship God that way. I just prefer a cappella. That's fine if that's your preference, but don't make it sound like biblical doctrine because you're not teaching people to read the Bible for themselves because there's not a scripture that backs that up. Yeah. Period. There's not. But there are scriptures that say there were instruments. Do you have to use them if you don't want to? Absolutely not. If you want to, can you, and it's okay by God? Absolutely. But you need to be able to differentiate people's preferences on their denomination versus what your Bible says. And I will always encourage you guys and be pro, read your Bible for yourself, do what it says. And if you're going somewhere that does not teach you the word of God, you need to find a different church. Mm. Yeah. So uh, when I asked about uh, the comparison between worship here and worship in heaven, so worship is not just limited to music. Um, It's in what we do every single day. I mean, every action, if you think about it, can be worship towards God. Um, And so I personally don't believe that worship is going to look much different than how we're instructed to do it here on earth. I just believe sin will be out of the picture. Hmm. Um, So, you know, if you you picture the Garden of Eden, what Adam was doing is like, God, 
appointed Adam to be the gardener of Eden, to take care of the garden. And so I think that we'll have worked just the same up in heaven as we do on here on earth, but we won't have to deal with all the the weeds that sprout up and choke our and choke our fruits. Um, we won't have to deal with uh, those annoying coworkers that don't pull their weight, stuff like that. I think it's going to look pretty much the same as it does on earth. We'll just be praising God as we do it all. Well, to the praising God point, because Brendan and I have talked uh, extensively about uh, heaven, um, and uh, one of the things that we mentioned is people in heaven might be in different stations, for uh, so to speak. Uh, so, like in Revelations, you have people closer to God, uh, the saints closer to God, uh, and uh, you might have someone who's, say, cleaning the cleaning the latrine. You know, let, just to throw something out there, because, uh, you know, disclosure people, I'm not saying that there are latrines in heaven. I don't know if there's bathrooms in heaven, and I think that is a, a point that does not need to be discussed. I'm just using that <laughs> as an example. But uh, someone who is sitting uh, close to God, asking God questions, is going to be just as joyous as the guy who is uh, down there cleaning up um, the toilets in heaven. Mm-hmm. And they're both going to be happy with their station. They're going to be both glorifying, uh, be praising God in the end because they were given this job by God. Someone has to clean the toilets. Uh, you know, we we know that from experience. No one wants the janitorial job, but every, but someone's got to do it. It's one of the dirty jobs that someone's got to do. And in heaven, it'll be if if uh, there are bathrooms in heaven, it'll be a dirty job that someone has to do. But the person who does it, like they're like. God gave me this job. This is awesome. I get to clean God's toilets. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting illustration. Um, good point, though. But I good like point. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I am going to put up the notes for now um, and just ask you guys, how do y'all prefer to worship? And what is how does God reward you in your worship i don't know i feel like it's different every time i mean that can also be a fact of like sometimes my heart's in the right place sometimes it's not um you know i I spent pretty much at work on a golf course i spent the entire day having headphones in and uh, a lot of time it's sometimes it's literally just listening to it while i'm changing the whole location (laughs) Mm. Or weed eating or whatever, but um, even in then, sometimes I can find myself in the in the right place, and um, have a desire to just stop and worship God. I the weeder might still be going, but one one thing that's really cool. This is another point I had from that um, sermon that Cedric Beckles did. But he he was talking about how worship can change you, um, even if it does not change the situation. So. With worship, you can find yourself in the right place spiritually. You can find yourself truly respecting, obeying, and praising God, even when you're out weed eating a golf course. And um, so I think I think it can be different every time. I think it just matters on what's happening internally. Um, but yeah, 
I, I don't know. It's uh, for me. It's different every time. I mean, sometimes I'm on stage playing, but I'm still able to. I just have a desire to still just like absolutely go nuts and jump up and down and sing as loud as I can, even if I don't have a microphone. Yeah. Sometimes I'm standing next to a person, being in the congregation, and having my hand, being able to have my hands in the air and and praise that way. Or if I'm at work, you know, I think it's just depending on where you are physically, but. Yeah where you are spiritually it's it's it should be the same every time mm-hmm. but you mentioned earlier about uh your road rage and stuff <laughs> like that and um loving other people even the ones that are hard to love is <laughs> another act of worship because it's obedience yeah and so it, you don't have that's to good. so you don't have to turn on the the worship music you can choose to love them mm-hmm. oh let me hear it, I need <laughs> it. it's bad <laughs> hey it's the same for me um so uh, about a, a couple of weeks ago, I um, was dealing with Murfreesboro traffic, and I was turning on to North Thompson from Old Fort, and you know how backed up it gets at that at that intersection. So uh, we finally get to go, and I realized that I had to be in the right lane instead of the left lane after I turned, and so I waited patiently to get past everybody that was like stopping to turn into Walmart. And as soon as I did, like as soon as I got through the intersection, I started to merge into the right lane. And then this person behind me just like swerved over and started speeding up. Mm-mm. And I'll admit I lost my temper. Because <laughs> Even just hearing about it. I'm just... <laughs> well, I'm at a point now where I'm like, if, if I'm by myself, I'm fine. But a lot of times I have my girlfriend, Hope, I, she's with me in the car. And it's just like, you can mess with me every time, like anytime, fine. But if you were to like hurt god's blessing to me oh i'll get out of the car and we'll throw down right now <laughs> but she's well, sitting right next way. to me she's laughing that's a new way of laying on of hands yeah yeah, yeah. I, um uh, i sometimes will raise my hand in worship uh, sometimes i'll be more reserved if you will uh, i'll keep them to the side because that's uh, that's what i know from worshiping in a church of christ for so long but actually, my best moments in worship actually come when I'm thinking about Scripture and when I'm thinking yeah. about God, especially in the car. Uh, and I can, t- I can tell there's a difference with my road rage, especially in Birmingham, um, when I'm not doing something that is actively thinking about uh, God or Scripture, then I will use colorful language to describe the jerk in front of me. Mm. If I am uh, thinking about God in Scripture, then I'll just go, okay, well, off he goes, and go right back into thinking what I was thinking. Yeah. Because I'm just, I have better things to do with my time to be angry at someone for cutting me off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like Nick said, you can use that energy to praise God rather than to, right. you know, exactly. wish things upon other people. Um. <laughs> when that happens, do you guys ever just like man, I don't know, just start praying for the other person and not like in a rude way, but just because you realize that your attitude was wrong, you just start praying for that other person I just for their day before. and for them to encounter people that are going to send them confirmation to, to hear from God. Or there's been times like I've had road rage. It's been a hot minute, but someone taught it's me not that bearing fruit, cut them off. <laughs> well, I'm usually the one cutting people off. So sorry guys. <laughs> well, if you're slow, buddy, you're slow. Pull That's over, just- get out the way. Anyway, um, but that's something she used to say a lot, by the way. Yeah, I haven't had to say it much anymore. You yeah. guys just move over now. 
But <laughs> no, somebody had taught me, they were like, when you're frustrated with people, you need to start being thankful. And so you need to start listing things that you're thankful for when you're frustrated with your parent when they do something wrong or when you're frustrated with your job or with your boss or with your relationship, you need to start being thankful because complaining and being ungrateful never got anybody anywhere with the Lord, period. Like he it, cares well, about it, that person It did that get the Israelites something. It got them 40 extra 40 years. 40 years <laughs> instead of an 11-day journey. <laughs> and so like it, – and it's not – like it says be angry and do not sin. So you do have a choice. Like you can have a righteous anger. It's okay to be angry, but do not let that anger lead you to sin. And so something that somebody had told me was just to be thankful. And so I was like, man, Lord, I want to thank you for this car that I'm able to drive and I'm even able to afford. Thank you for the privilege it is to go to work, to be able mm. to have income, to have a roof over my head, to have food. And I thank you for the other person driving, and I thank you that an accident didn't happen. And I thank you that we're covered and that they're safe and that this is going to be a blessed day like they've never had before. And, God, if they don't know you, I pray that they encounter you. And just you come from a place of thankfulness. When you come frustrated, you have to start thanking him for what matters. Yeah. Because at that moment, I know it's really easy to get frustrated. Like, if I don't have breakfast, mine's not road rage. Mine's food. So if I don't get <laughs> to eat. She gets hangry a lot. Yeah, I have to turn that into, I'm <laughs> mad, don't talk to me, I haven't ate, too. This is an opportunity to fast for the Lord. Hoorah, you know, and just. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't always start like that, but I, it gets there quick, like pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah, after two people ask me what's wrong. But um, yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, dang, got to fix the, the attitude, but. Yeah, man, like another question that I want to pose for you guys is, and I think this is so important, it's if you want to know what someone worships, what do they run to? When they have a hard time, do they call their significant other first or they, do they talk to God first? Whenever they're not having financial increase, do they pick up two more jobs or do they pray and believe God and still tithe? Mm. Are they faithful? <laughs> like what do you, what do you run to? And that's the real question. If you want to know what somebody worships and what their heart's really behind, it's not a moment that's facilitated for them. But it's like what Nick said earlier. It's what's on the inside of you. What do you choose to run to? Yeah, you were calling me out there. You know, we, for the past few episodes, we've talked about um, obedience with our finances. And that was usually the, my first response whenever I had trouble with my finances. Is I just went straight and got a second job. And even then didn't really help much <laughs> yeah man it's just like and it's it's not to say that if you guys like anybody that's listening or even anybody in this room or including myself like i'm talking to myself it's not to discourage you or make you feel bad for where you're at but it's to recognize like we've talked about on a lot of episodes that pivoting point what do you run to yeah. what's yeah. what's your first response who do you love is it jesus is it is it the the wrong person the the wrong situation the wrong job is that do you just spend your time complaining about what isn't going your way or do you run to Jesus with your whole heart and you're like God man I just really need your help in this moment because I know my attitude's wrong and I need your help to fix it. That um that is what I had to do when I changed jobs though. Is because when I was working at my former employer with my former employer. Um, Cer the circumstances there is just always overwhelm me to a point of anger that I would end up having to repent of. And, you know, for the longest time that I, I told myself that, you know, I'm just in a refining fire and God is, you know, just 
um, melting out all the impurities and stuff. Um, but eventually I got to the point where like, no, this is, this is making me mad. It's not bringing anger out of me. It's making me mad. Um, and so I eventually just, I went to God and I was like, God, this is what's happening. And I really need your help either for the things that are happening to like not happen or to change jobs. And immediately, I mean, I had a, I had doors open up. And so, and there was, I mean, there were other instances where I was just dealing with people who were hard to deal with and I stopped getting mad at them and I started praying for them, but I also prayed for justice in the situation. You know, God knows what is happening. He knows what shouldn't be going on. And I mean, God is a God of just justice. He's a just God. And so I prayed, I prayed for either I want to pray for that person's heart, but also prayed for justice to be served because I mean, people shouldn't get away with certain things when they're at work, especially sleeping on the job. <laughs> and, and so um, he dealt with that. And so going to God with your problems, it's definitely way better than complaining and griping and, you know, running to other things. I don't uh, think that, you know, running to get a second job is necessarily a bad thing. No, but your first response should be... Your, your first response should be go to God. And I think part of it, in fact, has to bleed into discipline. Mm-hmm. How disciplined are you going to be with your finances? Because God can bless you with increase in a second job. But the question is, are you dedicating this extra income to the Lord? Or are you doing this because... You just want the money, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm, I, I, I wasn't quite sure how to how to voice that without uh, uh, sounding like I was disagreeing with what you're, with y'all, what y'all were saying. I'm, I apologize for that, but uh, no, that's, no, uh, know, that's a, that's that's what's uh, what came to mind because I'm thinking back to Dave Ramsey, you know, a man who went bankrupt, you know, millions of dollars in debt. His wife hated him. And the first thing he and his wife did was they turned to God. And Dave Ramsey would even say that sometimes you need that second job, and that's for paying off your loans because that is what the disciplined Christian does when they are in debt. They pay off their loans. And um, whereas if you got the second job just because, well, I want that Ferrari, Mm -hmm. and that Ferrari means that I need this second job and maybe I have to pick up a third, well then, yeah, you're gonna be very frustrated because that Ferrari might uh, uh, might cost more later down the line. You know, the new the next model might come out when you have enough, and uh, so you need to make more, and it'll just be a never-ending cycle of you constantly being disappointed. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think part of going to God, especially in like, we'll just stick with the finances illustration. Um, part of going to God and asking Him for um, his help in that requires you to repent of like your bad decisions with your money, of being a bad steward of the money he's already giving you. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I think about investors and um, credit bureaus. People aren't going to give you money if they think you're, that you're just going to spend it the way you spent the money that you don't have already. Um, 
So why would God do that? Why would God give you finances that you're already not respons- responsible enough for? Like I had to <laughs> get serious about that a while back. Well, Nick, do you have any other thoughts? Nothing I can think of. I think we covered a lot. I think it was really important stuff and uh, a lot of really great points covered from everybody. So um, it's really cool to be able to be a part of that. I know sometimes I can really get a lot out of being the one talking because sometimes talking um, to yourself <laughs> yeah yeah well sometimes being the one like talking is uh is more effective for my learning um mm. more than like listening sometimes it's kind of a weird thing but um i mean i understand that sometimes i'll when i'm thinking out loud uh, uh with, with some of my friends we're if we're talking uh, thinking about the topic talking about it back and forth I will say something and realize, wait a minute, that's going a little too far. Let me back up. <laughs> yeah, like this is not what, like this is not a good yeah. thought. We need to amend this. Mm-hmm. Well, Nick or Johnson, do y'all want to pray us out? You got it, brother. Well, thank you. <clears throat> Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that you bless us with, that we could all come together and all. Be active and aware of uh, the topic at hand that is so important for uh, uh, having a relationship with you, Lord. And Lord, we just pray that uh, this conversation bears fruit for us and whoever may be listening, uh, that uh, we all may have had something to take away from it that we can apply to our own personal lives and worship as we seek to glorify you. And Lord, I want to thank Nick for his wisdom and uh, Dalton and his direction and his vision for how this podcast goes and Whitney for uh, her fire for you, Lord. I thank you for all of them. And thank you for uh, David and that uh, you blessed him with the skill to engineer this project that we may spread seeds to more people. Lord, I just thank you and lift all these people up to you. And those who may be listening that need prayer, Lord, I lift them up to you in your son's holy name to be prayed. Amen. All right. Thanks again, guys, for tuning into the show. This is Free Wine and Unleavened Bread. We'll see you guys next time.